Hello, everyone, and welcome to Three Speech, the entertainment podcast that also follows the rule of three. If you couldn't already tell, it's spooky time. (laughs) I am your host, Jamie. And I'm your host, Alyn. And on today's podcast, we have... We have lots of spookies. We have lots and lots of spookies. So how you doing, Alyn? I'm I'm scared. I'm scared yeah, me for too. this. There is a lot of... Um, There's a lot of traumatic childhood here. Yes, yes. I think is the big thing. <laughs> it, it really, really is. Uh, and especially, you know, one of, one of the movies we're going to talk about, um, I used to just make sure there weren't zombies roaming the countryside um, before I went to bed every night. Uh, There's definitely some movies here that gave me nightmares for a while. Yeah. And they're still and they're still uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to watch as an adult. So this is one of our very special episodes. And since it's a very special episode, we're going to do something that I didn't tell Alyn about. I'm going to add a new segment to the podcast. Oh, okay. And it's totally probably not going to happen every time we record, but it's going to happen today. And the new segment is called emails. And the reason why we have a new segment today for emails is because I sent our previous podcast to the developer of The Forgotten City. And guess what? (gasps) He emailed back? He did? That's awesome. I know. And he actually said he listened to it. So, (laughs) So, Nick, if you are out there. I know that he said, I'll read you the email. Yes, and it's yes, very yes. short. I'm excited. Says, I wish you could see my face right now. I, like, I know. I, I wanted to surprise you with this. So he said, thanks for your email. I listened to your podcast and it made my day. And yes, we'll be planning our next project as soon as we've had a proper rest. And I look forward to sharing it. Cheers, Nick. So wow. Nick, you made our day. <laughs> you, Yeah, absolutely. Like maybe I, I love, I also love people who can sign off with cheers as a it's only certain countries that can get away with that it's it's true i'm always like best and if i like you it's very best like oh. best yeah best is my way of saying Mm-mm, i'm annoyed with you <laughs> like but it's my no- passive aggressive way right. but it would be so cool if we keep in touch with nick and maybe when the next project comes out Oh yeah, and he can just come on here and announce it. it. Yeah, exactly. talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah, you can have whatever. A whole podcast, Nick. Exactly, exactly. So wow, that is so cool. Also, Nick, congratulations on getting the Forgotten City on Game Pass. <gasps> yep, I think it's coming out in three days. Very nice. Yeah. All right, so that's our new segment that will only happen once, maybe ever. But it's but, true. But, it's but, true. But you know, I had to do it. All right, so on to the spookies. All right, here we go. So what we've decided to do today is, since our motif is uh, centered around threes, we have um, three kind of older categories of, of spooky movies, and, and all these movies are from, like, say, the late 70s, 80s, 90s. Do we go any into the 2000s at all? Uh, we do. We, yeah, we okay. Do go in the early 2000s. Early I 2000s. That's, I think that's, we don't really go, you know, I shouldn't say that because we do go into 2016 with one movie. Okay. So that's our latest one. 
Right. Um, and then we have uh, the three modern sort of spooky categories where these are probably all within the last five years. Right. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Mm-hmm. Pretty fairly modern. So um, starting with our three spooky tales from days of yore, we've got some cool categories here. The first one is a very good one, and it is ye old zombies. Oops. So. Zombies. Yes, old zombies. Yes, so not modern zombie movies, but older zombie movies. So we're gonna throw it back to some of the the really old old ones. Um, uh, Alin is Night of the Living Dead, one of our oldest movies. It it is. I think it is the oldest movie that we have. And Wait, do you it, know the year? If not, I'm gonna look it up. I I was I was just about to pull it up. I know yeah. it takes place because there are there are certain writers who have gone through. And looked at Night of the Living Dead from a civil rights perspective. Oh, that's crazy. So um, I'm not sure. And George A. Romero has never really said if it's he meant best if he just doesn't. You know, right? He's never kind of thing. because it was something um, that did feature a a, a black lead, mm-hmm. and um, I don't want to spoil it. But, yes, we're going to dance around some spoilers for right. this, mostly because I think we want to try and encourage some of our listeners to maybe watch some of these older movies. It's so true. So it's 1968. So yeah, that is definitely the oldest one. Yep. And and it's filmed in black and white. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a movie that. Which was a good stylistic choice, I think. Right. And it starts out like any other movie to a brother and sister are going to the cemetery to lay you know, flowers. As you do. Yeah, as you, <laughs> you do, just, you're going you're just going for a you know nice casual Sunday afternoon. They're gonna stroll. have a they're gonna have a picnic, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And they're in the cemetery and this guy kind of walks upon them and he turns out to be a zombie and he bites the brother and the sister, Barbara, the very you know, famous line, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Mm -hmm. Uh, She runs to the nearest home. It it happens to be a farmhouse. There happen to be other people there because there is a zombie outbreak. And it's just something that that takes place in a a few hours. So the movie. um, I just like that. It's almost real time. Yeah, it's like a real time. You have individuals who are thrown in um, from all different walks of life who Mm -hmm. are just trying to survive. And I think with any zombie movie, it's kind of become when you have a zombie outbreak, the not only are the zombies the monsters, but the people you're trapped with tend to become monsters in a certain way. That is a theme of zombie movies that we're going to see in especially our third one. Yeah. But it's it's something I mean, this movie was made like on a shoestring budget mm-hmm. and, you know, the, you look at it now and the, the makeup is is not that great. Um, and it is the it is the sort of clumsy, bumbling, stumbling zombies um, that you're introduced the traditional to zombies. Right. And they're they're still just as scary. And for me, there are sort of there are certain parts that that's still scare me um and i think it's just because you're watching the world fall apart and there's no rhyme or reason 
for it, and there's yeah, no they don't explanation. have an explanation in this one for where the zombies came from. No, no, it's just there they are, and that's pretty that's pretty scary. Like when you can leave stuff like that up to people's imagination. I think in modern movies you walk a fine line because while the that le- stuff that's left out can be more scary, people also get irritated by it and they want to know like, well, why did this happen? And you didn't explain everything, you know. And so it's I think you could get away with that better back in the day, but I do kind of like it better as a as an idea because. It's always like those monster movies where the second you can see the monster, it's slightly less scary. You know what I mean? Right. And I mean, and throughout the movie, because it does take place in a very, you know, short time frame, it appears the next morning it's over. Whatever it was, it's it's done. Right. It was. So it's it's almost like if anyone's ever seen the the mist by Stephen King. Oh, I love the mist. And I'm not going to ruin the ending, but if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. that movie. Exactly. So it's Mm -hmm. one of those where it's like, oh. Um, But, I mean, it's just everything that we're going to talk about would not exist if it were not for. Yeah, some of these trailblazing movies, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's still scary. Zombies still scare me because they're they're reincarnated versions of herself, but they're stripped down to complete id. Yep. And you can't reason with them. No. And it's, um, you know, if that wasn't scary enough and there's no explanation. And I know we're going to talk about some other zombies where there is an explanation because that's Mm -hmm. sort of become the the idea. It's like, oh, no, no, we need to give a reason why this is happening. And some of those reasons are better than others. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, it's not. And now it's not funny when they talk about like, oh, there was a pandemic. It's like, oh, no, no, we got to find another reason for why, why this was happening. Rewrite. Yeah. Um, No, thanks. Bring on the aliens. Yeah. And this is, I'm telling you, this, this is usually on, um, you can watch it on YouTube. It's one of those movies that have been uploaded. And when it's on TV, depending on the time of day, I will watch it or not because if it's too close to bedtime I don't want to see that yeah it's so true (laughs) it's just yeah it's it's just something that it's so simple it's so stripped down the music I mean it is just something of him of George A. Romero doing so much with so little because I don't think I've ever seen any of the actors who are in the movie in anything else so these are like new directors new it really was like a a lightning in the bottle kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, and, and what's interesting is our second zombie movie. So this was Night of the Living Dead. The second one that we want to talk about is Dawn of the Dead. You can see so very clearly the influence, you know, from Night of the Living Dead. It's just all over it, you know, especially the we are in a place with a eclectic mix of people with, you know what I mean, with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and even though Dawn of the Dead is more modern, um, you wouldn't have it without Night of the Living Dead. And and technically, so we're talking uh, about the Zack Snyder, which it was Zack Snyder's directorial debut. So maybe there's something about zombie movies. Uh, it's oh. technically it's technically a remake of because George Romero did the trilogy. It was mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Yep. Um, so this is technically 
a remake of the Dawn of the Dead that the only thing that it really has in common is that it takes place in a mall. Yeah, um, that's which I think it. is such an interesting setting for a zombie movie because it's simultaneously a large space, but also an enclosed and small space at the same time. It's you true. have a lot of small spaces, but also a large space. But the way it's set up, and I think they utilize this quite well, is so so I barricade myself in one of these small stores. But if the zombies get in, I got nowhere to go because the only way out was in. Right. So it's it's a very interesting space to use for the zombie movies, because on one hand, it seems like it would be a great place to hold up for a zombie outbreak. You've got the food and the clothing and the supplies. You've got a little bit of everything going on in a mall. Right. But you also don't have a lot of exit strategy. <laughs> no. And I, I mean, think of any mall that you've been to. They want you to come in. So it's really like glass, glass yes. upon glass. Yeah, nothing reinforced and there's no brick. <laughs> no, no. So it's an interesting choice for a zombie movie because there's so much you can do with the, wow, this seems like it's going to be great. We'll just stay in here and we'll be fine. And then that quickly becomes the absolute wrong choice. You'd be, you would have been better off in a Costco. <laughs> and And the thing is, and this was kind of something that happened in the early 2000s because another movie that we're going to talk about also established this. If zombies weren't scary enough, let's make them have Olympic level speed instead yeah. of just instead of just walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fast zombies was a, a whole new thing mm-hmm. um, instead of shambly zombies. And fast zombies, they, I don't know, they're they're scary on a different level because I feel like now I can't just be smart to out to get away from right. them. I also have to have stamina. So um, if there's like slow movie zombies, you and me, Lynn, I think we'd do fine. Fast I think zombies, so. I think you'd make it, but I wouldn't. <laughs> well, he- here's the thing. and uh, There's a comedian. Her name's Michelle Wolf, and she just runs on the treadmill like I do. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I am all set if someone's trying to chase me at a three mile an hour pace for an hour. Yes. Like, she's like, I am good. She's like, but if yeah. anyone's faster... Or is like trying to run a shorter distance, I'm in trouble. And that's how I feel. Like I can run for a long time, but I'm not fast. Not fast or stamina ish. No. No. I mean, I can walk for a very long time, but. Hey, you can you power know. walk. If there were yeah, zombies after you. I can power walk away from the zombies, but I, I don't have much more than that. No, I have like no. I you mean, know what I, I have? I have decent upper body strength. I could probably baseball bat a few of those zombies, but. Yes. That's that's kind of what I got. Uh, yeah, and you'd have to like. Hopefully, we'd find you a samurai sword. Oh yeah, of some yeah. sort. I'm yeah, I mean, that. yeah, because it's there. I mean, and that's what's was scary. So the the thing that was the best thing, and we talked about this being sort of a, a Zack Snyderism. The first ten minutes of the movie are amazing. What is it with Zack Snyder? The Watchmen was the same way. Like, what is it about that? It's like he gets through the first ten minutes and then he's like, "Well, let's time time to phone it in. We're good." Like, I can't understand? Yeah, I mean, really, like the first ten minutes, I was like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. whoa," because you have, uh, I mean, if you didn't know there was a zombie outbreak, because I feel like every movie with the zombie, there's always like a television or a radio being like a bunch of mysterious deaths have occurred. Yeah, can't they just over... use the word zombie? Yeah. Like I, I give respect to zombie movies that say zombie. 
Yeah, just say it. And then sometimes they know what it is. They know what it is. Everybody knows what a zombie is. Just say yeah. it. Yeah. It's not like a mystery. I and no. even like on The Walking Dead, which I'm still watching, I don't know why. But they call them walkers. And it's like, no, they're zombies. Don't pretend like you don't know what a zombie is. Yeah, you're dumb. Stop. Yeah, just stop. But yeah, there's I mean, there's an awesome zombie chase at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's you know. And then, like you said, a ragtag group of individuals living in a mall, which sounds mm-hmm. like fun. I feel like it's fun for like a day or two, but yeah. then then not so much because there's no showers in a mall. <laughs> no. And I feel like if you were to go to a mall now, if you were to film a movie in 2021, the mall would be horrible. At least in the early 2000s, malls had more things going on. This is them. true. Now malls yeah. have like Amazon warehouse fulfillment centers in them. It's Although true. that might actually have, I mean, you could just go through all the boxes and look for. And know, just stuff. hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just hope. <laughs> just hope that it's not like, you know, me ordering Please be a bunch antibiotics. of. Please be antibiotics. <laughs> me ordering like today, I got a face mask and dog toothpaste. Yeah. That no. wouldn't help anyone. <laughs> nope. No, no. <laughs> like. <laughs> brush yeah, this zombies as you throw it. Like, and no. I'm like, here, take that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, and then the other thing that gets established in Dawn of the Dead is like Zack Snyder's weird affiliation with pregnant people in oh, zombie yeah. movies. Yeah. And this is um something that like it was disturbing enough in Dawn of the Dead. He didn't need to up the ante in the the most recent Army, one. Army Army of the Dead. Yeah, that one he could have let that trope go. The fact that it was done more than once uh, and of course, it was like just it was not a zombie who was pregnant in Dawn of the Dead. It was a woman who was pregnant. Right. Right. But um, she gave birth to a zombie baby. But if that wasn't yeah. disturbing enough, he just was like, well, what? I want to do that again because I want to like give pregnant ladies the worst nightmares imaginable. So how can I make it much worse for them? Like, <laughs> I know it's like as if oh. pregnancy and birthing another person isn't bad enough. Oh, I know. It's already horrific. Just let it, let it be, Zack Snyder, please. And and the other thing that that creeps me out from this is the sounds that the zombies make. Because I mean, I don't I, remember them so much. What it was, what was it? They were just like it was like a primal sort of scream. Oh, okay. Yeah, they did I, that in Army as well. Right, but they didn't uh-huh. communicate like with with Army of the Dead, there was a communication. So style. again, he's like taking his old things and upping them for exactly. some reason. And that was just, you know, it was just scary because they could run. The one thing that I, I remember reading when it first came out that I thought was cool was Zack Snyder actually had uh, individuals with disabilities be in the movie. So when you saw zombies missing limbs, that was real people. Who oh, that's had, interesting. Yeah, who had missed were missing limbs, and there's a scene in the garage. And if anyone who's seen it, they know what I'm talking about, but I don't want to ruin it. But there is someone who, um, you know, comes down from the ceiling, um, and it's really cool. But that's played by a person who has it as uh, an individual with a disability. So he was like, you know what? Let's have fun with this. If you want to come down, we're gonna make you into a zombie, and you'll get to be in a movie. Why not? Yeah. I mean, why not? I'd do it. I would do it. I'd love to be uh, in a zombie. I've actually yeah. wanted to, and I haven't been able to find it recently because of COVID. But they have those 5Ks, the zombie 5K. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, I did one of those in San Francisco a long time ago. And it was the uh, thing where you started as a people and the zombies chase you. 
And if they catch you, you become a zombie. Mm-hmm. Which was very interesting. But yeah. We walked so- it. <laughs> you're, you're like walking around. You get your fists up. You're like, all right, where are they coming from? Where are they? Yeah, coming I know. From? I just let it happen. I was like, <laughs> I wore yeah. real, real crud clothing because I was like, you know what? It's gonna happen. Bring yeah. on the fake blood. I mean, that's what eventually I think. In if there were ever were a zombie outbreak, I feel like I'm not gonna make it. I might make it like a, a, a through a day or two, but if we don't have a proper response from the army, I'm not gonna be able to <laughs> proper response from the army <laughs> yeah. as opposed to an improper response well it's like we're always like whenever you watch these movies it's like where is the government like where right. is like you know the government is as effective as it is in, in non-zombie life. times yeah. yeah it's just kind of like why are we just like nuking these things where's all our guns and stuff <laughs> that's how i feel like we we love our guns where are the guns and then the second the zombies appear they're all gone but yeah yeah so i'm just always kind of like yeah, if this doesn't uh calm down after a little bit i'm in a lot of trouble yeah we can hold up for a little while but that's probably it yeah all right so our third one is definitely my favorite from the list um and and again, another one that definitely deserves, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of influence from the previous movies, but yes. it's 28 Days Later. And um, I mean, first of all, I really enjoy this one because Cillian Murphy, who I absolutely yeah, and I, love. And I feel like this was his breakout. Yeah, um, I think you're right. To yeah. America. Yeah. And, and it went really well for him. Um, but this one is one of those zombie movies where... They did both parts of it really well. They had the scary zombies, which were very fast. They were fast. And actually, I looked it up. This was before Dawn of the Dead. Oh, interesting. So technically, I think fast zombies originated with 28 Days Later. That makes a lot of sense because I remember when I saw it thinking how original it was when it first came out. Um, But they did the fast zombies and it was, I want to say, a disease that was transmitted through blood. Through monkeys. It started with yeah. the monkey. I remember there was a monkey and they were just kind of like, we figured But there's it like out. this one really creepy scene where like the crow drips the blood into somebody's eye. And oh! They, do you remember that? Yeah. Like That scene still haunts me. And like oh. you weren't even, there weren't even zombies around. There was just a crow that had been eating and he was covered in the blood and then it was dripping from him and you looked up and you got it in your eye and that was it. Zombie. Oh, oh yeah, now, now, thanks, Jamie. Oh, you're very, very <laughs> I buried it deep down in the subconscious. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, but they they did that really well. But then the thing that they also did really well, quote unquote, well, is the human people being scarier mm. than the zombie people. Um, because you know, Cillian Murphy had this sort of like ragtag group of people with him, and they end up on this compound. Where, like, the first thing that happens when they show up on this compound is the men there are like, hey, look, women, how exciting. And you're like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's it's always scary as as, like when you're watching it from a female perspective, you're like, great, I got to worry about zombies and sexual violence. Come on. Right. The zombie apocalypse isn't bad enough. Right. Exactly. But yeah, they did exactly that. And, you know, now you got these poor women who are trying to figure out, like, am I better off with the zombies? Um, And and they did both of those those aspects of the zombie apocalypse 
you know, really, really well. I, I want to say that if you watch this movie again now, it will hold up. Um, I think it, I think it definitely does. I didn't like the sequel as much. Yeah, I didn't either. And in fact, I don't have a lot of real strong memories from it either. Yeah. I do remember, um, you know, I do remember bits and pieces. But I also feel like the marketing for this movie was really great because it has such a, um interesting title, right? But then if you look at, like, the movie poster, it says day one exposure, day two infection, day three epidemic, day four, or is it, or is it day... Oh, say day eight epidemic, day 15 evacuation, and then day 28 devastation. So they had this like whole marketing scheme around why it's called 28 days later, because that was how long it took for society to collapse, basically. Um, and I thought that was real interesting. Like everything that you've built, this is it. We can tear it down in less than a month. And <laughs> the thing is, you're like, oh, that's crazy. But like after living the past two years, you're like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yep. Twenty eight days I, might be a little bit much. Yeah, um, yeah, that might be a little generous. I would have put yeah. it around twenty two, perhaps. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I I like the movie, and I'm not sure which came first. I'm gonna guess The Walking Dead stole it from, um, twenty eight days later. But I liked the aspect where you have Cillian Murphy waking up after being in a coma, and not knowing what's going on and not yeah, that's living. interesting yeah because and i the yeah. walking dead was based on a comic and the comic did have that in it mm-hmm. so was the first walking dead comic written before 2002 or not that would be somebody's gonna have to correct us it'll probably be my husband but um but yeah that's a great question did the walking dead steal that from 28 days later or did 28 days later steal that from the walking dead because that is a convention they both have Right. And the other thing that I like, not that I've ever been to London, but they did an amazing job showing how empty Mm -hmm. the city was and just showing like he's waking up, he's figuring out what's going on. He's walking around. There's absolutely no one there. And then I remember him going to see his parents and seeing what's become of them. And you're kind of like, oh, wow, this is this is really hitting home. And that's like the first 20 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember being very impressed by it and just uh, like remembering it was like the rage virus and people would, and it was fast. That was the other thing. Yeah, people you would turn quickly. real quick. Yeah, right. And it was it was called like a rage virus because that's what it basically did is it threw somebody into a violent rage. And that's why they were so fast. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just remember that you were almost like counting a lot of the time when someone got bit. You're like it was like a five count. And that was it. Yeah. It's like run, run. (laughs) But no, it's definitely one of one of my favorite movies as well for the zombies. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think if you were going to watch, I, I kind of want to rewatch it. I think everybody should rewatch that one. But it's a good I, one. I, yeah, I concur. I mean, I think it yeah. really, really holds up. Hey, well, there we go. One down, five to go. <laughs> yeah, ye old zombies. Okay, so let's move on to um, found footage. Now, this is an amazing category, and yes. it's really hard to narrow this down to three. Um, and if 
you know, we, we have a bunch of honorable mentions here for this one. I think the first thing we would have to say is, you know, some people don't really like the found footage genre. They find it sort of nauseating. Right. I love this genre. I really wish it didn't go away. <laughs> and every once in a while, a new one will come out, and I still love it. Um, but for our found footage scaries, let's start with the one that started it all, which is uh, the Blair Witch Project. Can you, like... And for those that are are listening and on the younger side, like this movie came out in 99 and 90 in 99, not a lot, not a lot of people had the internet or if Mm -hmm. you did, it was through school or Mm -hmm. if you happened to have it, you got discs where you could use it for like 20 minutes um, in the mail, in the mail. (laughs) And so it wasn't an accessible thing. And I don't think a movie like this could exist nowadays because you did not know if this was real or not. Yeah. And they marketed it as a, these kids went out in the woods to do this project and this is what happened to them. We found their camcorder, you know, Mm -hmm. we found it and we're just going to show it to you. And I think that the vast majority of us knew that that was not real but there was a sizable chunk of people who bought into this right? Um, because they just couldn't tell if they were being truthful or not. And it just wasn't a good way to look it up and find out. Right. Um, and so, you know, if you're walking into a movie thinking, am I about to watch a bunch of high school kids get killed from some camera on some camera footage? Like that makes a movie entirely different, you know, especially with how sort of ambiguous the end is. Um, some people found it absolutely terrifying and Mm -hmm. then other people were sort of like well that was kind of dumb but I mean I think it all depended on how you were viewing this movie if you thought this was a true story this was horrifying and uh, this was the first found footage film that I can think of that did this kind of a thing so every other film that came after this you know had to thank Blair Witch so if you enjoy other found footage films but didn't like Blair Witch you still have to give them credit for having basically launched the genre and I think uh I remember you would hear stories on the news about people leaving the theater because they were sick yes from the motion sickness because it really was three people three unknown actors we know this now uh going into the woods and filming their you know, they had their footage, the the director would assist them, but there were, it was this phenomenon where it was something like, oh, did you see it? Oh yeah, people left the theater, people were getting sick in the theater. And yeah, for motion sickness, I, the right? Motion like, because of shaky camera. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in the theater and when the end scene happened, people were just like, oh! <gasps> like it was it was an experience Mm -hmm. to go to the movies and see that I didn't see this with you did I if you were at cinema world I mean I know we I know we we knew each other and we went to the movies I'm trying to remember if I saw this with you I can't remember I can't remember it's very possible. Did it you, is possible. I went with a big group. It was a it big high school group. Yeah, I, I, I think I might have been in that group. Yeah. Because it was like I'm a big sure. deal. Yeah, uh-huh. it was like mm-hmm. for all of us to go. And at the time, our theater, our, our town did not have a theater. Like we weren't deprived. We just had to drive 10 minutes to the next town. But it was very exciting to have a movie theater in our town. And 
you know, it was a big thing to do on a, like a Friday or Saturday night was to go to mm-hmm. the movies mm-hmm. and, you know, it was like, Oh, how many people are getting in the car? Because you can only have three underage operators. <laughs> like, know, it was right? a whole thing. That was um, the lawyer of you. Everybody, nobody else thought of that, but you. Oh, yeah, I was like, no, 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 we have to take a separate car. Uh, but the thing that was interesting, and I, I looked this up because I knew we were going to be talking about this movie, is so on IMDb, when it was baby IMDb, mm-hmm. it listed the three main actors. And when you would click on them, it would have their birth date and and then it would have missing presumed dead. No way. Yes. Yes. So the three movie leads were listed as missing presumed dead on their IMDb page for the first year that this movie was out. That's hilarious. I so, love that so much. <laughs> is it so it is. It's just, you know, obviously to anyone listening, just don't watch the other Blair Witches. They really try to um The second movie was horrible. Of course I saw it. Um but I they really, oh, it was bad because they tried to make it scary. They had a bigger budget. They had, everyone knew it was fake at this mm-hmm. point. Um, mm-hmm. And they had, I'm not going to say they were like stars, but there were actors that you would have seen from other, normally like TV shows. Yeah. So you during know that, that this time. is a movie movie. Right. So, I mean, that was kind of the the magic of the Blair Witch, and it became like that iconic scene of uh, Heather wearing the blue knit cap, crying, all with with snot all over What's her all face. With all the snot, yes, we all, all remember the snot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was, it was just something that it just hit culturally at the right time. And I think, hold on, I had that it was made for $20,000 and... It made two hundred and fifty million dollars. Wow! So yeah, talk about never again. <laughs> talk about a return on investment. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but yeah, that was. I mean, I just remember it was one of those movies that it was like, did you see it? No, I'm gonna go see it. Oh yeah, you gotta see it. Do you think it's real? You, so it was just one of those. It was something that will never happen again because obviously you would Google these people's names and you'd see pictures of them at other premieres and yeah. you know living their life and you're like, oh, they're just actors. But it created an entire lore surrounding, uh, obviously, the Blair Witch. So they're un- revealing the lore as it goes along, and you're starting to see overlap and similarities, and you're getting scared. It's an edge of your mm-hmm. seat movie and from what i remember i could look it up uh it was it was a brief it was like an hour and a half like it they just yeah. went in there they did what they had to do and that was it yep and interestingly enough i hate to admit it i didn't like the blair witch that much um but i liked every other movie that came after it weirdly oh i'm not sure what it was about the blair was witch. it didn't, was it the ending I think it was the ending. Mm. It didn't, it, I didn't, I, like, I, I went in pretty convinced it wasn't real. Um, and I think from that perspective, the ending doesn't hit quite so hard. Um, but then if we move on to, say, the next movie on the list, which is Quarantine, that's probably my favorite found footage movie Oh, ever. all right. And I think the reason why is because Quarantine is a found footage zombie movie. That actually explains what the zombies are. And I find the explanation to be amazing. 
Okay. I think so this yeah. is the best explained zombie movie ever. So Wow, all right. I don't know. I really like Quarantine. I like the movie that it was based off of too. I saw Wreck, which I want to say was a Spanish movie or yes, yes. Yeah. And, and I saw wreck and I liked that one. And I, I actually think if you watch both quarantine and wreck, the lore behind the zombies is actually more clear because they give you some hints in wreck and they give you some different hints in quarantine, which I think is interesting. And to watch, to watch both of them, they stand on their own. They do. They are based on the same kind of thing, but they, they go about it in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, what really does it for quarantine for me is um, Jennifer Carpenter. Yes, She's yes. so good in this. And I f- can't remember the name of her cameraman, but he's awesome, too. And one of the best found footage scenes I ever, I've ever seen is when he starts hitting things with the camera. <laughs> <laughs> feeding yeah. people with the camera and so it's like the camera's just swinging wildly which back you, and forth <laughs> which you would i, mean, I would that, too yeah i was gonna say like those cameras that they use to film the news are They're heavy big. they yeah. are heavy they are clunky yep. but and i don't like, blood all over the camera and he's gonna clean it up. it's like <laughs> you do you um, get it i love it I just remember that he was um uh, he was on the practice i don't remember his name in the movie but he his name is Steve Harris in mm. real life and mm-hmm. he was he was great in this um yeah he was great and sh- and she was great and the two of them together they just made this movie for me and then you add in I mean do we want to say what the zombies were or do we want to leave it um what do you think what do you, it's... so it doesn't say in the description of the movie so Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can kind of mm. talk about the fact, like, you know, it's it's there is an explanation. Right. And I gotta say, it's a pretty darn good one. Um, and the thing that makes this one interesting is that it's a kind of a virus thing. So, um, but the 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 there's there's a there's layers upon layers here, right? The virus is not uh sprouted out of the thin air, if you will. Right. There's something that happened and then virus. I'm trying to be vague. And then <laughs> interestingly enough, the CDC actually gets wind of this because somebody's dog gets infected first and right. the dog ends up at the vet and the vet figures out what's going on and contacts the CDC. And when the CDC gets word of what's happening, they swarm that building like a bunch of murder hornets and they lock the whole building down and they're literally like covering the building in plastic. <laughs> yes. Like when you had, if, if you had an extermination at your house, like that's yes. what it reminded me of. They block yes. the whole thing off. You know, not to go in because you know that there's something toxic in mm-hmm. there. But they don't say what, like the people outside, it's like, oh, I don't forget what the excuse they had, but it was like, I don't know if they said it was a gas leak or something, you know, but they weren't telling anyone what was what was going on. But then the people inside can't get out because they've been quarantined inside the building. So, you know, and it's this big building, you know, it's like it's got to be six or eight stories. And there's this wonderful spiral staircase that becomes a major player going right up the middle of it. And. There's a lot of running up and down, room to room, and it's just really well done. It has a story within a story. You end up in the end 
in the place where the thing happened with the virus. And mm-hmm. what I thought was interesting was that there's like a there's like a tape that plays. And when it plays in rec and when it plays in quarantine, it's different, but it's the same basic thing. And if you watch them both, you actually get more information about what happened. Um, but yeah, they, they give you the explanation. Uh, the whole movie is a super downer, which I do like. <laughs> <laughs> Let me feel bad. I want to yeah, be in a bad I, mood. I don't know. Like I, I just, there something about this one. I've probably seen it five or six separate times. Oh, wow. And it was one of those movies where we would like, you know, have, we used to have Halloween parties a lot. And every Halloween, we would try to watch a couple scary movies for our Halloween party. And we probably watched this one three or four years in a row, just because every year we had some new people at the party. And we'd be like, we don't watch Quarantine because so-and-so hasn't seen it, you know? It, so we would, you know, we'd keep watching this one. And it's it's probably my favorite found footage movie. I just really enjoyed it. I was going to say, is this like the movie that you show to see if you're going to continue to be friends with someone? Like if you don't like quarantine, you're if out. You <laughs> yeah, if you can't be down with quarantine on Halloween, yeah. then sorry, you're not yeah. invited back. Yeah. I just and remember then, this was just so scary because, yeah. you know, you think you're watching and, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to date ourselves here, but like, you know, you would see a trailer for a movie and that was it. You would see mm-hmm. it on television if you caught it during a commercial. Mm-hmm. So not or you would have to see it in the theaters like right. You, you, go, you go and watch the trailers. And so it's like at the time. I hadn't seen the original wreck from from Spain. No. And, you know, I kind of walked in going to see this movie because it was something that um it was released or I think around Halloween. Mm-hmm. So I'm always big on seeing, you know, these these Halloween movies during the spooky time. And I remember seeing this movie just knowing it was going to be a horror movie and mm-hmm. just being like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, like because it starts off. It takes place. You think it's going to be a reality show because that was. Oh, because it has something else in it that I absolutely. Yes. Love. Yes. Firefighters. Exactly. <laughs> and these are like so they're I, I'm looking and it was Jay Hernandez, who's gone on to become a great actor and Jonathan mm-hmm. Shake Shake. But I, I mean, these are two good looking guys. They're still mm-hmm. good looking. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's something about firefighters. That's why I'll I watch about it. That's why I watch 911 on <laughs> on Fox. It's and like, it was very realistic where like the firefighters are often the first responders to medical emergencies. And the thing with the building was that there was an old woman who was having some kind of medical emergency mm-hmm. and the firefighters show up. And the um, Jennifer uh, and was it Jennifer Carpenter? Scott. And, her, yeah, and, and Scott. Scott. Yeah. His name is Scott in the movie. I looked they were up. basically doing a like a puff piece, like a news, right. you know, on firefighters. And they were actually really excited that they got to go on a call, you know, and they were like, yeah, we get to go on a call and see what it is. And the firefighters were like, don't expect much. It's usually medical, you know, stuff like this. And they end up at this building. And, you know, the whole first scene is the firefighter like going up to this woman and going like, ma'am, are you okay? Ma'am, can you tell me what's happened? And she's just like, eh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you're like, back away, ma'am. <laughs> like, you're too close. You're yeah. too close. So it, it's just really well done all around. Um, and then interestingly enough, if you're okay with moving on, our third movie came out the same year as this one. I think yes. this one actually came out before quarantine. Um but it's called Cloverfield. 
And um, this one is 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 not like a traditional horror movie. No. It's almost like a Godzilla movie. But mm-hmm. the the scaries come in in this, you know, the city is having a disaster. I don't know what to do or where to go. Um, you know, there's no electricity or, you know, things are exploding around me. You actually have a strong military presence in this one. But I, I love the fact that this movie, the military presence happens around the main characters. And yes. it actually makes it scarier because you've got these soldiers swarming the city, shooting missiles, flying planes, dropping bombs, trying to kill whatever the heck is in New York. And the 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 people are just trying to get out of the way. And, you know, they pretty much almost get trampled or blown up or shot numerous times in this movie, like basically just trying to get out of the military's way. And I thought that that was a real interesting take on the whole monster genre is you're not the soldier sent in to kill the monster. You're the bystander who's trying to get out of the way of both the monsters and the soldiers. And I, I really enjoyed that about Cloverfield. No, I, I remember knowing it was going to be uh, a disturbing movie because, you know, like we're, we're talking about the, the found footage and it was mm-hmm. a new genre. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they put up that this is recovered from the Department of Defense. Yeah. From I don't the think area. anybody was buying it at this point. No. You know, like Quarantine did the same thing. They had that whole marketing thing and I don't think anybody was buying it. It, it, it was just you and did you enjoy the style or not at this point you know and it was and it was creepy because it said you know this is found footage from the area formerly known as central park and you're like oh god what what happened to central park everyone knows what central park is and you also had and i would say one of the most unnerving movie posters with the statue of liberty with her head off yes and this movie had a couple of scenes in it that still stand out to me to this day. And one was them being on the bridge while it was falling. Yes. You know, because you imagine Godzilla goes through a bridge. What happens if you're on that bridge? And they did that and they did it with found footage. And it was it. I, I can still see that scene playing out in my head. It was that well done. Um, And then the second one was the subway. Oh. Like they're saying, okay, look, the military is everywhere. They're shooting missiles. We got to get to this spot in the city. The best way to do it would be the subway. You can walk under the ground. There's no Mm -hmm. shooting. There's no fighting. But it's also extremely dark. There's no electricity. And it turns out there's something else in the subway. There's never anything good in the subway. No, there really isn't. No. I remember one time when I was on the green line, there was a diaper, a used one in the subway. Ugh. So yeah, never anything good. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't miss that. I don't miss having to take public transportation. I know it's something um, very, there's something very scary about public trans that this movie was tapping into. <laughs> it's it's true. And then there's the there's also going off on a tangent. There's also an X Files episode that dealt with the Boston transit system. I know because our subway is so bad. It's so bad. And like, it's like, it's so old. It's older than God. It's really bad. And then people, they keep raising the prices for it. And then it just gets worse. And they're like, what do you, what do you want from us? Like, it's like, well, invest some of the money and upgrade this stuff. I know, right? We want seats. Yeah. I'd like a seat, please. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) no, I mean, and it's so 
weird to think that this was like one of it was produced by J.J. Abrams. And, and he did three. He yes. did three. This was part of a trilogy that was like loosely tied together in the same universe. And I will say that out of the three movies, this one was definitely the best. But the second one, which was called 10 Cloverfield Lane, is also worth a watch. I, I think it was very good. Um, did you watch the Cloverfield Paradox? I did. And I didn't really like it. Okay. Um, but I did watch all three of them. And I thought the first two were the best. And the third one just kind of went shark jumping a little bit. Mm. It kind of jumped some sharks. But it wasn't horrible. I've certainly seen worse. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, you want to talk about some honorable mentions that we have for found yes. footage? Because this is just such a rich uh, genre. Uh, it, so if you, if you like this genre, please consider the following. Alin? Yes. So in addition to these three wonderful films we've highlighted, there's also, of course, the Paranormal Activity series, uh, which they kind of degrade as they go along. But the first three. Oh, were so, so good. So good. So, so good. I, I'm looking it up and it came out in 2007. So it's within the, you know, the rage of doing all of the found footage. Yep. And it was made for $15,000. You know what killed me about this one? And I want to say it's the first one is they had that camera that that panned. Oh. So the camera would pan to the right and there'd be nothing. And then it panned to the left and there'd be nothing. And then it would pan to the right. No, oh my God, something. You know? <laughs> it's like, what is it? Yeah. So I really do like, I liked almost all of those movies. They were the, great. They, um. Yeah, I, I remember this was like a long, long time ago, but my sister had just started dating the person who would be her husband. And I guess he woke up in the middle of the night and started opening the closet doors to freak her out. And it did. Oh, and I was no. like, I was like, that's horrible. And yet oh. she's still married. Him. I know she's still married him. And I'm just like, I'm like, that's not funny. I'm like, no, I would probably like funny. take take a baseball bat. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, uh, I cannot be I cannot be held responsible. It's like, don't do that to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so other honorable mentions. Uh, we've talked about it on the, the show before. Troll Hunter that came out okay. in 2010. And I want to say Troll Hunter is definitely more fun than scary, but it's, oh, it's yeah. very fun. So, yeah, go, go watch Troll Hunter. Even when we were talking about some zombie movies, I mean, there's some great, funny zombie movies that are out there, like Shaun, yeah, of, the Shaun Dead, of the Dead, Zombieland. Yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. see the second one. I only saw the first one. But I mean, Thanks. so there were there were some good ones uh, out there that kind of had a fun twist on it. And um, so another honorable mention, this is from 2015, uh, The Visit by M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. Also very good. Great ending on that. Yes. One. Yes. That that one got me. I I sat there that whole movie trying to figure out what was going on and I did not get it. So kudos. no. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm just sitting there. I'm like, hmm, hmm, hmm. I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. OK. OK. Yeah. All okay. the explanations I had were not the correct one. <laughs> no. And it's it's I mean, you always look at M. Night Shyamalan and he always has like some big box office thing coming out. And I think the the success of the visit, because he hadn't had a hit in a long time. The success of the visit allowed him to go back and do, oh God, what is the name of the movie with the James McAvoy plays the multiple personality? Oh, yes. 
that one real quick. I know I'm going to look him up. But I mean, that allowed him to kind of go back and do that big movie and then do the sequel to. um, That was an interesting one. I I was I was scared watching that movie because I thought it was going to be a lot of sexual violence. Um, And it, it, it didn't go that direction, thank God. But it was it was a very tense movie for me to watch. It split. Um, it was split. split. Yeah. The name of the yeah. movie was split. So go watch oh, the yeah. visit. Yeah. Go watch yeah, the visit. Yeah. It's a Those movie are all good. Can, yeah. You can watch the visit once and that's it because then you'll drive yourself crazy mm. uh, going back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, these are all, these are all great films. And I think there are still good movies coming out with, with found footage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think of the movie you actually recommended it to me and it wasn't necessarily a found footage movie but it took place through the computer um it was john cho his daughter was missing oh god that yeah. was so good what was that called? i know I'm, I'm i'm gonna look it up but i mean you told me about it and it's kind of like it took found footage to another yes. level it was a modern version of found footage because yes. it was like he was digging through computers to try and figure out what happened to his daughter so he's digging through emails and social media and chats and all these things trying to like piece together a timeline of her whereabouts and it was so well done that yeah that's definitely worth a watch um if you can dig up that name called uh searching yes it was so good it was completely unconventional and you're like how am i gonna watch a movie that's on a computer screen for i know is but this it, gonna be you got mail all over yeah. it? no, <laughs> no it's great it's it really good really really good movie and that's what i'm just like because there are still good found footage there's twists on found footage so mm-hmm. i continue to like it i continue to watch them yeah same all right two down four Oof. to go so moving on the last of our spooky tales from days of yore is we're gonna do old timey scary space and uh, space is very scary you mm-hmm. on its own uh you know you can't really breathe there too well in case you hadn't known that um and then you throw in things like aliens and space takes on a whole new level of nope. And yeah. um, the ones that sort of stick out for me, uh, I want to say the oldest one is going to be fire in the sky. Well, techno. Is it not? Oh, no. you're right. Yeah. You're right. There's an older one. You want to do the really old one first? Yeah, we're going to do the really old one. Yeah, you're first. right. Let's do it. Let's go uh, way I'm- back to 1979. Yes, Alien. That has alien. the best tagline ever. In space, no one can hear you scream. Yeah, that's so iconic now. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, not to mention Sigourney Weaver. Just yes. Sigourney Weaver. Just throwing it out there. Exactly. Um, and, you know, Ridley Scott, uh, was this one of the first things that he had done? I'm going to look is. that up. I know. I'm looking, I'm looking up the, um, you know, Looking it up, and I mean, I just on Rotten Tomatoes, and it has a 98% fresh score. Yeah. So Ridley Scott had done it looks like a, f- a few other things before this, like minor stuff, but yeah, this is I mean, probably his big. Yeah, big and he's gone on to do amazing things too. So, um, I mean, there's just the 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 actual like look and feel of these creatures mm-hmm. really made this movie you know um oh, yeah it would oh god they still freak me out man they're, they're they're something no and i mean even though 
the legacy of them has been slightly downgraded with those ridiculous Predator versus Alien movies. They yes. are still, I mean, at least with the Predator, you knew that it's a heat-seeking creature. Alien, you have no idea because they'll just find you and kill you. You don't know how to stop them. You don't know where it is? Yep. It might drop some, like, weird mouth goo before it shows up. But other than that, you don't know where it is. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No. And, I mean, I just remember it has, like, all of these teeth. There were so many teeth. Mm-hmm. And that little mouth that came out. Yeah, the mouth in the mouth. Is yeah, one, the, isn't one mouth enough? Do I have yeah. to have another mouth? Yeah, and it's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were bad. Not to mention how they made new ones. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, because that's the nightmare, right? Like, you know, you're you're going to space. It's exciting. There's only a handful of people that have ever been in space. Right. So it's this exciting adventure. Mm-hmm. And you no. have limit you have yeah, you have limited supplies, limited like you're not meant to live up there. They send you up there with enough supplies to do what you have to do and then you come back. And if something happens to your ship, that's it. There's not like somewhere you can pull in to get your your ship looked at. If something happens to your ship in space, you're dead. So you have all of just like these, just these practical elements. And then you add an alien mm-hmm. on top of it. Mm-hmm. I yep. mean, and we're just talking about the, the first two, because there are obviously other. Yeah. So the first one, I think the first one was when the Nostromo, they were basically on their way home and they pick mm-hmm. up like a distress call and then they have to land on this like moon or something and basically they're like it's some sort of like space law that they have to go investigate the distress call and um and then they realize once they've already are there that it wasn't a distress call it was like a warning like yeah, don't like, come don't, here don't, <laughs> don't come here, here. <laughs> you could have been clearer about that yep <laughs> and then the second one was the one with Newt right yeah, yeah. yeah. so you got yeah, that's the see. one i remember the most well i remember that one cuz she had the cool um suit that she wore sigourney weaver had that cool like almost like way mech, way mech suit. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so that was that was really cool and the second movie i mean not to downplay the first movie but it, the first movie yes sigourney weaver was the star but she also had a it was also a larger ensemble cast that got picked mm-hmm. off one by one mm-hmm. but in the second movie it was sigourney weaver doing it for herself like she was and she's like gonna take down the alien and it was just I mean even watching it I watched it a couple years ago to go through all of the um the alien series again and it still holds up I mean obviously like some of the the sets are a little dated but that alien is still scary yeah I think the only thing they need to upgrade are the computer monitors. Yes. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> Pretty much it. Yeah. Just a little bit of that. Um, um, but and which movie had the chest burster in it? The first one. Oh, God. So that's, that, that's kind of an iconic scene, too. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's just there are so many movies that exist because of certain movies. And Alien mm-hmm. definitely you know, pave the way for some of the other movies we're going to talk about more so for Event Horizon, I think, than yeah. Fire in the Sky, because that's a 
different things. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, it takes place. Some of it takes place in space. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Alien is still a good watch. It is still I mean, I can still close my eyes and see the scene of the predator dripping its goo and like putting its little mouth out near Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Just going. And what's interesting that you might you might not know this is that there have been a fair number of um alien video games that have been made. Oh. Um, but there's one that was made fairly recently called Alien Isolation. And in Alien Isolation, you actually play as Sigourney Weaver's daughter, like the character's daughter, going oh. to look for her mother and what happened to her. And you end up like basically trying to trying to get the the like uh like the black box of the Nostromo right you, you that's what you're trying to get like so you can figure out what happened to your mother and you end up on a ship that has an alien on it and you're just this woman who's like I think she's like a mechanic or something you're not military or anything and it is you think it's bad watching an alien movie and the alien is there try playing an alien game where the thing is actually freaking chasing you and you can't do anything other than try to hide while it drips its goo and wanders around looking for you. Um, and it is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, thank you. Yeah, it's a giant nope. Um, but but yeah, they they take that they take that fear um, and translate it over into video games. Actually, not all of the games have been good, but this one in particular is actually quite good. So, yeah. I'll have to play it for you sometime and you can just watch it and you're going to be like, yeah, this is great. I'm never playing this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, sure. I'll just watch. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, that one's really good. And uh, so like you said, when we move on to our other two, um, especially Event Horizon, this is another movie that that people really um, have been able to go back and use as an influence for many scary space movies. Right. And, it, and, it, and the weird thing is, because I remember seeing it when it first came out and being afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And I guess it didn't do well at the box office, but has developed an almost cult following for sure. To it. Yeah. And I, I love when that happens with a movie. Yeah. yeah, me too. Especially when, like, you think about how persistent the whole IP is at this point. You know, we're still getting alien stuff, mm-hmm. you know, um, be it video games or whatnot. So if it had not developed that cult following none of that probably would have happened yeah all right and and it also um i realized watching it like i have Mm -hmm. always well i shouldn't say always i've had a crush on sam neill since she was alan grant in jurassic park oh who doesn't it's the hair well yeah and he's still got that those that hair and i mean him walking around in his little black shorts in this i was like yeah this is peak (laughs) this is peak peak sam neal too funny oh that's great on that happy note um <laughs> did you watch fire in the sky when that came out in the early 90s do you remember seeing I, that know, one back? i i so i rewatched it for the pod but i was oh did watch- you yeah i so i oh my watched, god i know because <laughs> you know what i think it was on amazon prime it was on oh, okay. one of the streaming services that i had i wasn't you know gonna go out and buy buy it because but I when I was watching it I'm like I feel like I've seen this before and I'm remembering what happened I was like you did see this because Mm -hmm. I was and it reminded me I I texted my sister I'm like did we watch this because my sister had a huge crush on Peter Berg who's in the movie so she went through yeah 
she went through a period where she watched everything and anything that he did. And she's like, yeah, she goes, remember we watched it like Sunday afternoon on WSKB, which is channel 38. Like, she's like, we watch it upstairs. And I was like, oh, my God, you're dating. We're dating ourselves. But it was like a Sunday. It was like one one day it was on like Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember being afraid. um, And we kind of talked about this before we started recording. But number one, because it is an an alien abduction movie Mm -hmm. that is Mm -hmm. based on a true story. And this is this is the thing that got me with Fire yeah. in the Sky is that this guy really did disappear for five days. Oh, yeah. So even if you think he's lying about being abducted by aliens, where was he? Like, <laughs> nobody exactly. Knows. He was gone for long enough that they actually accused his co-workers of murdering him. Right. Like th- this wasn't like. Oh, he's probably just on a hiking trip. You know, he'll be back. No, they actually were trying to find his body and thought that he had been murdered. That's how long he was gone. And then he reappears randomly and he tells this story about what happened to him on the ship. And then the movie recreates those scenes. And it is nightmare fuel. (laughs) It's utterly terrifying because these zombies are like the worst kinds of like scientists or not zombies, aliens. They're like the worst kinds of scientists. Yeah. I mean, the things that they put this guy through. Yeah. I don't care if he's making it up. It's still terrifying. (laughs) And it's, and that's like the other, not only the, you know, the alien prodding and whatnot. And, you know, we have to put it in perspective. Like the X-Files was a huge television show. At this point, there were yes. a lot of um, I'm not going to say was renewed. a good time for this yeah. movie to come out. There was not like renewed interest in it, but there were a lot of alien abductions. There's a lot of unexplained events that have happened throughout the years. And especially with, you know, the X-Files um, existing at the same time, people were very interested and still interested. And I think what also lended it to was you had all of these talk shows where it was always people mm-hmm. were coming on that they had been abducted mm-hmm. by aliens so it was part of you know like the, the culture at the time and I think what also helped was like the guy who got quote-unquote abducted you know, his name was Travis Walton and he wrote a book about it yes and then he also wrote the screenplay for this movie so Wait, or he, he worked was- on it so, yes. yeah, so he he was a part of the whole movie writing experience. And I think it definitely helped the movie to have the original creator, experiencer. I don't what do we call him? The victim? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was there. So it lended a certain authenticity. Yeah. To it. Um, you know, and the other thing that scared me is the fact that you know, the people who were with him were falsely accused of something happening to them. And they, they, there was no evidence of what had happened to him. They took polygraph tests, like trying to prove like, but the whole town thought that they were murderers and it was a small town. So what was interesting was they actually separated them and had them tell the story and they all told the same story. 
Yes. They all saw the light. Like they all saw what basically happened. Which is still creepy. Rewatching it. I was just like, yeah, because you're driving down a road and you see this red in the sky and you're like what is that what what could it possibly be and Let's there's get all- out and take a look yeah and it's like you know what could possibly all- go wrong nothing you know yeah. and then the, like the light and everything i mean it's it, I, I think that's what it is it's scary because it's true and it's scary because if he didn't end up showing up there could potentially be five people in jail for right, his murder exactly mm-hmm. for sure yeah, so I mean that that was the scariest thing. And I mean obviously alien abduction is scary. I yeah. mean I mean I, being treated like a lab rat is not an ideal situation. <laughs> no, and you know, I'm not going to say I I believe it, but I'm also going to say that I think it would be an error for us to think that we're the only individuals or species in this entire universe. Um yeah. I mean, we'd all like to believe that there are nice aliens, but we're not nice, so. No, no, we are. <laughs> if, Why would if, we think they would be? Yeah, if given the chance, we would strip mine your planet and, uh, you know, take it over and ruin it like we have our own. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it, I mean, that's a, that's the a thing, whether you believe in it or not. I mean, there's there are, something scary yeah, there's, about there's it. something very scary about, you know, being taken up, being used as a lab rat, um, and then trying to survive. And I think, I think I would have liked the movie a little more if they had done like it was kind of abrupt when he came back. Mm-hmm. It was so the movie itself. It was probably like almost like thirty minutes left in the movie when he came back. Yeah, it's pretty slow for a while. Yeah, so I would have liked to have seen like more. When he came back, because they showed, obviously, a flashback to what happened when he was on the ship. And then it kind of comes back and it's like, five years later, he got married. And I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> I'm so like, that's he's it. he's fine. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, that's it. I would have liked to have seen him, like, deal with it a little more and speak out about it mm-hmm. a little more. And, um, but, I mean, all in all, it, it's still scary. Mm-hmm. Still scary. Yeah, it's more scary an idea maybe than an execution, but it's still there. It's true. It's true. All right. We got one more here. Um, so this movie I picked mainly because it traumatized me in high school. Hmm. Um, and this would be Event Horizon. And it's funny because I, I remember I went to see this with Amy. I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but I went to see it with Amy. And we still to this day talk about how much of a mistake that was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I told her I sent her an invite to like the page. So yeah. No, I still to this day, every once in a while, we'll be like, remember when we saw Event Horizon and we were never the same? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but this movie was one of those ones where I know that sometimes there's like horror movies and they call them torture porn. And it's just, you know, a lot of gore and, and you know, kind of that kind of stuff. This one walked that raggedy edge where yeah. you basically the whole plot of it is you have this this ship that had disappeared and then suddenly returned. And, you know, the ship had been presumed lost. And the fact that it just showed back up, everybody was like, wow, what happened? I think it was gone for a number of years. Yeah. And so they sent this rescue crew out to this ship. And you realize that the ship went somewhere really, really bad. I don't know if I want to say where they said it went, but 
just imagine the worst place for a ship to go. And that's <laughs> where it went. And then it came back with changes. And um, there was actually a pretty stacked cast on this yes. uh, this movie. It had Lawrence Fishburne in it. It had Sam Neill. Um, I think we were just talking about him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it was a pretty good cast. And the thing that I remember most about this movie, and the thing that probably traumatized me the most, is they actually, like, they're going through, they come to the ship. And, of course, before anything bad starts happening to them, there's that whole buildup of what happened? Where is everyone? Where are the peoples? You know, and they were wandering around trying to figure out what happened to the original crew. And they're eventually able to get, like, this log to play, like this, you know, journal or whatever. Ship's log will Star Trek it up. But, um... The ship's log was this distorted video of what happened to the original crew. That was it for me. That video was awful. <laughs> it was it's, so bad. <laughs> and you know, because I was when I was looking this up, there is a longer version of that particular scene that oh, exists. Shut up. Yeah, no. it's worse than oh what you God. remember. No. Um, yeah, and so it uh, the director, Paul W.S. Anderson, said that it exists, it's on a VHS somewhere, and it's a lot longer. And looking through it with, like, 1997 eyes, I'm like, oh, my God. But, like, I did also rewatch it for the pod, and I was like, oh, that's not too bad. Like, I Is become, it not too bad? It's <sighs> I become desensitized. Oh, yeah. Because I guess that's probably true. I could probably rewatch it and it would probably end some of my trauma. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, all right, that's not as bad as I thought yeah. it was good. I know be- back in the day, it was Ooh. bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean, and for anyone who knows what we're talking about, and even when you read a description, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really bad. And I mean, like you said, there, there are scenes even beyond that that are are scary um Mm -hmm. you know I for for me I was sick to my stomach when the the guy goes out into space for a moment um with no (gasps) oh no yeah oh yeah that no suit on yeah oof yeah you I think the thing is is she was yelling at him to like hold your breath or something yeah. And you in the movie theater are trying to hold your breath. I know. <laughs> well, you're not breathing. <laughs> yes, you yeah, you're just like waiting. You're like, okay, it's fine. It's gonna be fine. He's right there. He's gonna push him right back into the ship. It's gonna yep. be fine. And it's nope. like <gasps> Nope. Nope. Yeah, that was really bad too. You're right. I mean, and then obviously just what happens to Sam Neal. Um <laughs> Yeah. He goes over the edge. <laughs> yeah, he goes he goes there's the edge. He goes over it and continues to go over it. <laughs> it's a uh, big edge. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just, I think the movie was smarter than it had any right to be. Yeah. I think, it, I think you're absolutely right. It, it, it did kind of try to be incredibly intelligent in its horror. And um, it had some decent success with that. Decent success. Right. Cause I mean, you're thinking about, like late 90s action space movies and you had like armageddon which was you know kind of your brain yeah your brainless movie not scary um but you're kind of i mean looking 
back at this, I mean, when I was looking up articles for this, there are people who have written like theses on the meaning of Event Horizon. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I always thought it was a kind of like Dante's Inferno. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. People really pick it apart. Yeah. And that's a that's a common thing that's been done a couple of times, too. Like As Above, So Below was also a Dante's Inferno metaphor, which I I really appreciate. I like that movie a lot knowing. I think you like that movie more knowing it's a Dante's Inferno metaphor. Exactly. But yeah, I like that. That's interesting to know that people have kind of picked it apart and that it's kind of held up, you know. It has, and it's it's one of those movies that, like I said, it, it has it has legs in that yeah. it's more well regarded now than it yeah. was when it first came out. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Huh. Well, well done. Do you have any Ooh. honorable mentions for Scary Space? I have one. Oh, I do. No, I don't. I didn't write any down. Yeah, I actually have one. It's Pitch Black. Have you ever seen Pitch Black? Oh, with Vin Diesel. Yes. The reason actually, Vin Diesel exists. The reason Vin <laughs> Diesel exists, for better or worse. Um, I actually really liked Pitch Black. I, I thought that that was a fun one, and the creatures were fun, and the whole, you know, whole idea of it was kind of fun. So I had that one honorable mention. That's true. And Jane, uh, Dame Judy Dench was in. Was she in Pitch Black or was she in the Chronicles? I think she of was Riddick? in the sequel, yeah, okay. Chronicles, which wasn't as good. That no, one they, I mean, they they never are, and that's what that's what always sort of happens, and yeah. it still happens with Hollywood. Like you have this one great idea, and they can't just let it be. They're like, mm-hmm. we have to make a sequel to this, and you know, we could do another show where we just list the the movies that are sequels are better than the original because there's only really like three or four i yeah. think that <laughs> I know. that meet that so it's a the very very small that meet this requirement yeah Ex- exactly like there's yeah. really once you have something you really it's it takes a real genius to really make it better than the original mm-hmm. so those are my thoughts yeah all right so moving on to the moderns where this is going to be a long one we're yep. sorry. I'm uh, sorry. You get sorry, us talking about things. Oh, also shout out to your father-in-law, Dan. He's very excited. He posted on the Facebook page that we're talking about the stuff that he finally likes. Oh, finally. The heart, <laughs> the heart. I'm really trying to get him to watch Kingdom because I watched the dub and it's it's actually pretty decent. So I'm trying to get him uh, to watch it. But. Okay, so hopefully when we talk about it, it'll make it. I did. I speaking did of I when did we move. Stuff about Kingdom. Like. Yeah, when we move in now into our three modern tales, uh, the first one is a spooky foreign movies. Foreign spooky. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Do you want to just start with Kingdom? I don't think we have to do these in any kind of order. But no, uh, I've talked mm. about Kingdom quite a bit on this this uh, pod because I just really enjoyed it so much. But then my whole goal was trying to get you to watch it, and I succeeded. Did you? Um, how far have you gotten? Oh, I finished it. Oh my God, you went to the whole thing. I I haven't. Watched- <laughs> I haven't watched um the movie or I don't, don't know if it's an ex- oh, okay there we go yeah. oh. okay <laughs> is it a movie or is it like an extended episode it's a movie it's a okay. prequel movie it's not worth it I know okay. that there's some more kingdom stuff coming out I don't know if it's a season three or a movie that picks up where season two left off um but something else is coming but okay. uh yeah the the prequel movie you don't have to watch but okay. what did you because think of the show it was so good it was so (laughs) no it was it's hard to re put your own stamp on on zombie material just because there's so much 
stuff where where there's an absolute flood of zombies. So it's But really, you know what's interesting is two of the movies we have in Foreign Spooky are zombie movies. Yes. So uh, maybe the way to freshen up the zombie genre is to put it in different cultures or to put it in history and maybe that's the fresh take that you need, you know? That that's what happens here. And they take it and they run with it literally. Yeah, so this literally. is lots of running. This is I mean, I'm not going to give away, you know, big plots, but these are fast zombies. Mm-hmm. Um they are probably I I found the the sw- so the switch from human to zombie is also very quick. Yep. Pretty fast. Um very fast. I was listening to it and the sounds when when you become a zombie your body contorts in a oh, certain way yes the cracking killed me oh i know and the fact that they would have people running in these contorted like half oh man the the body movements in kingdom were really well done too oh i mean i don't know who i because i i've looked up i i've tried to look up who did those stunts because I mean, zombies are obviously not human, but whoever these stunt people were, were superhuman. Mm-hmm. Just the the right. way that they moved. Those zombies were scary, too. It do, I don't normally get, I mean, no, I shouldn't say that. Zombies scare me, but because, you know, I've seen so many different zombies, it's kind of like, okay. These zombies were so scary. They were so dirty. They were just yeah. covered in blood, dried blood. The, the eyes, the complexion. Oh, yeah. They I were, mean, like, bloated. They looked like they had been mauled and then thrown in a lake for a while. Yes. Yeah, they were gross. And, like, their teeth. I mean, because these are, you know, just human teeth. Also, but like, I yeah. don't want to say what it was, but no. the explanation for how these zombies came to be was equally disgusting. Yes. So gross. Actually, when I was explaining it to Damien, he got super grossed out. He was like, <laughs> I was going to eat dinner. You're like, <laughs> it was so gross. You're like, go take a walk and then you can have dinner. You get yeah. it out of your mind. But I mean, just the, the I mean, these zombies, they had flesh in their teeth. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the makeup department, the special effects were were just so good. The backstories of each and every character. Spot on. Yes. And you're it, really rooting for these people and none of them are safe. No. I you're, mean, oof. I had messaged you, um, obviously, because there was a scene and they end up saving a small child. I'm like, yay. And then the next scene, it's like a mother mauls her child. I was like, oh, yeah. OK, so kids aren't safe. OK, nope. like nobody's safe. Yeah. It's like you become attached to these people, but at the same time you realize by watching the show that they could die any second. And not just that, but like the two other things that really strike me about kingdom is one, it's set in a very old part of history. So you can't go after these zombies with modern weaponry. You know, no. you've got muskets basically. And know, then swords take, like, and take forever to load. You're like, know, hurry, right? hurry, 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 hurry. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but then the other thing that gets me about kingdom is they spent the time to write this elaborate political intrigue backstory yes. that's actually really really well done and could have been turned into like a standard drama you know like a standard history piece and it, it would have been period. great right yeah. and but they were like nope zombies <laughs> that's what we're gonna do and it works really well to be like you know 
well, we've got this zombie plague that's ravaging the kingdom. What's the the emperor or the royalty or the royal family or the ruling class? What are they going to do about this? Oh, they're just going to squabble amongst themselves. Okay, carry on. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And it's like, you know, they, they're a little bit more unaffected by it because they can shut gates because right. they have fortified. But, I mean, or in the end. And they? Exactly. But in the end, even, mm-hmm. you know. And I also conquer. Yeah, and I liked how um you know there was a discussion about with zombies what to do with the bodies and people are upset because you can't burn royalty, you can't decapitate royalty. Yeah, they have it to have proper like burials. There was some religious kind of aspect to yeah. this where they wanted to bury the bodies, but then if you bury the bodies, they just dig themselves out and come after you again. <laughs> yes, which was that. I mean, I don't want to give away anything, but it's some of the most creative explanations that you have for the existence of zombies you have some of the most creative fight sequences oh for sure the first episode of season two is one of my favorite episodes of anything oh yeah and it's it's awesome because it's like the end of season one leading into the first episode of season two was brilliant because there's a big reveal that happens and then you see the consequences of that reveal yes and combined it's some of the best tv you'll ever see no, I mean, really, this is something. Please go watch Kingdom. See, mm-hmm. there's only two seasons. I was so into it that I like binged it in three days. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. And that was like working days. Like, it was like I started it Monday night and I'm like, all right, I'll just kind of start. I have to have this done. Um, was that working in quotes? No, no. It was like, you know, normally <laughs> during the weekend. Working. Working. <laughs> Um, no working happened. No work. You know, there, when I have to enter data and stuff, sometimes you just need to uh, not pay attention to things. But I right. mean, this was it was so well done. Dan, if you're listening, Jamie was right. Could you have the music? <laughs> play, right? the, the, play, play the, the music. <laughs> you need to watch it. Yeah, it's good. All right. Um, other zombies, foreign zombies. Uh, now, what I couldn't remember is. Did I watch Train to Busan and then make you watch it? Or did you watch Train to Busan and then make me watch it? You watched it. Okay. This is what I then, couldn't remember. Yeah, then you I made watched you watch it. it. Yes. And then I loved it. I loved oh, it. So and then I have made many other people watch it since mm-hmm. then. So there's been a domino effect. Yes, I have made many other people watch Train to Busan as well. And um, I know that there is a sequel that has been very poorly received. So I don't know if I'll ever get around to watching no, it. No, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to yeah, watch it. The original Train to Busan, not only did it have an excellent story, not only did it have excellent zombies with that real contorted, mm-hmm. cracky yeah. zombie movement yeah. again, like that, that, that comes back in spades. But it also had... The, the idea of and the use of and the execution of the train really made this movie good. Like, because the train was simultaneously the savior and the destroyer of these people. And at one point, they get off the train, realize how big of a mistake that is, get right mm-hmm. back on the train, but mistake has been made. And the, it's just, it's like the train is its whole character. Um, but what an awesome zombie movie this is. And definitely everyone should watch the train to Busan if you have not seen it already. So good. It really, really is. And I mean, joking about, you know, 
I'm thinking snakes on a plane. If you've mm-hmm. ever seen that, zombies where, on a train. Yeah, and it even it even comes down to that that other movie we watched when the vampire was on the airplane. Oh, um, vampires on a plane. Yeah. So I mean, there's something about being trapped on this moving object and trying to keep yourself safe. Even Snowpiercer would. Yes. Fit. Yeah. No. I mean that. I mean, yeah. That movie wouldn't have had the effect it it did. If mm-hmm. it wasn't on a, on a train. I mean, yeah. And I mean, you have this other thing where, and I think this is something that Korean television series and um, movies do well is not only do you have zombies, but you also become very invested in the main character and his relationship with his daughter. And not only the main character, there was a side character who yes. had a wife who was pregnant and like there were uh there was the baseball team. I mean, there were so many characters in this. This is something like when you watch like an American zombie movie, they're really invested in pitting the people there against each other. Mm-hmm. But with like the train to Busan and even Kingdom to an effect and even our third one on this list, Squid Game, there's a lot of um camaraderie that sort of played to a really good effect and I the train to Busan does this so well where you're just like man every single time one of these people doesn't make it you're crushed all over again it's just it's real it's a real downer in the best way possible (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's just so good and I think once again there's sort of like a choreography to the zombies movements, which you don't yeah. get here. And it's mm-hmm. it's done in such a way that you don't appreciate it until after you mm-hmm. finish the movie. You're like, that was amazing. Yeah. Like there's one girl on the train who gets up and it almost looks like all of her limbs are broken. Yes. And it, it's just so shocking to see it. And it's just really well done. But yeah. No. I no, I oh, agree. And you know what I else mean, this movie does is it does the like zombie piles from World War Z. Or yes. World War Z? Yeah. 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 It's, and I don't know if they stole like did, I don't know who stole that from whom. But Z. yeah, okay. I know. But, I'm gonna, um, no, I'm I'm looking up World because Train to Busan came out in 2016, and I'm not sure when World War Z came out. But you also had some of those zombie piles in Kingdom too. Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's scarier than zombies? Oh, zombies just flailing themselves on top of each other. Oh, right. so World like War like a zombie ladder and get to you. <laughs> so World War Z, yeah, World War Z was 2013. So this did okay. come out a few years later. But I mean, they did it. They did it much better. Yeah, really good <laughs> use of the zombie piles. <laughs> that's I mean, it's just that's what they do. They throw each other, throw on top of each other, and it's like an ant hole. That's what it reminds me. Like all of these swarming creatures it's very insect like isn't it yeah mm-hmm. yeah i don't know what else to say about this movie other than see it because i don't want to give anything away just go just please see it yes please see, see it, it. <laughs> please see it and also see it before um the united states remakes it in the next year or so and ruins it and ruins it because there's no what's happening yes because this movie is just it's perfect i think we're at the point in in a society where we can read things i mean parasite won for best picture i think we're beyond we're at a place in society where we can read yeah i mean it's so it's (laughs) i think 
and people were like, oh, people aren't going to read subtitles for a movie. And it's like, no, people will sit down and read subtitles. And I actually, I read that AMC is going to start offering movies with the subtitles on, like captions in oh, the like theaters. English movies with yes. subtitles. Oh, yes. I want that badly. And because that's how I watch all movies at home same. is with the subtitles on because sometimes I just can't hear what these people are whispering to each other. <laughs> it's true. And I do the same thing. So I'm like, that's great. They're going to start offering it. Normally, I guess they only offer it, you know, for individuals who are, are deaf and hard and hearing and hard of hearing. But they are realizing that there's a, you know, there's an audience for this who have started yeah, meeting. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely go see because they're like you said sometimes there is dialogue that you miss because either they're whispering or they're shouting over each other so or like i missed half of what they said in endgame because the audience was so round ra- oh <laughs> yeah something like that so it's just i think that train to busan should not be remade i think it should be released again in the united yeah. states um yeah but the thing, the interesting thing, because uh, I'm going to transition to our next, is the main character in Train to Busan is the recruiter in the Squid Game. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. It was like, oh. how do I know that guy? Like, it's yeah. one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very recognizable face. Yes, he's very, very handsome. He is, yeah. Yeah. I think that's why he was the recruiter. You know, he kind of sucks you in. So, um. Squid Game is huge right now. Uh, oh, all, all my all my kids at school are into it. Um, in fact, we're doing a door decorating contest for Halloween at the school, and the door to my homeroom is is becoming Squid Game, and it's it's a, it's like a phenomenon right now, and it's a phenomenon for good reason. I think oh. first and foremost because it plays on a very real fear that we all, I think many of us have right now, and the the fear is of being in massive, massive debt. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how you get there. Everybody who's participating in the Squid Game seems to have gotten in debt a different way. For some of them, it's like medical debt. Some of them, it's the stock market. Um, One girl doesn't even really seem to be in real debt. She's just trying to get her mother and father out of North Korea into South Korea. And so she basically needs to pay their version of a coyote to like smuggle her parents out and it costs a lot of money. But this idea of needing money so badly that you would basically kill other people is a horrifying concept, but not all that unplausible, you know? And I think that it builds on this foundation of our fear of being in debt or needing money so badly that you would betray any sense of ethics or morals that you currently have in order to get that money. And that's a pretty horrifying place to start. And then they just exploit it from there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just, it's so simple when you really sit back and think about it. Yeah, it is a simple concept. Yeah. And I mean, and I think I not that I was was not going to watch it, but I just kept hearing so many good things about it that now I've become that person. Like when someone is asking, should I watch something I'm like, have you watched Squid Game? And it's it's <laughs> you know it's like not anything that I created. It's like number one on Netflix and has been for a while. So it's not like I'm finding this really new thing that you haven't seen. But it's such a simple concept where, you know, individuals play simple games, childhood games, and they're trying to win money to get themselves out of whatever 
debt that they found themselves in. And the there are three rules and they're simple rules. So mm-hmm. there's really not any question of, I mean, there's not a question of why they're there. I think there's a larger question of who is in charge of these games and what purpose they serve. And that's slightly revealed. And I would say it's probably the weakest episode that they really do that because. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get why it is. is. It's just, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of the natural progression of, what do you do when you have more money than God and you're bored? You know, exactly. it's this, and, and, and I get it. It makes sense. It's just maybe, yeah, it, it doesn't, it, it's not as, as thrilling to watch as, you know, what's going on on the floor, if you will. Exactly. Um, but I think the question for me in watching squid game is, you know, they go through the first game, the red light, green light, and then they immediately have the vote to leave. And the, the rule is if, um, the majority of the players vote to end the game, the game will end. Right. And they have this vote. They vote to end the game, but it's a real close call. Like I a super I close call. <laughs> I'm like, are you people serious? Yeah, exactly. And then like a week later, they let them go back to their life. And then a week later, they're like, well, do you want to come back? And like the vast majority of them come back because they realize their lives are so bad and their money troubles are so bad. This is better. And there's never a vote held again after that, even though the games get worse and worse and worse. And, like they the game, never right. again try to get out. <laughs> and like the people, the players become more and more brutal yeah. towards each other. It's just, I mean, it's, I mean, there's going to be so many people who write upon this and theorize because you're looking at capitalism from a horror perspective. Yeah. You're looking at individuals who are so desperate to get out of debt and what will they do in order to do that and you've also got you know the added layer of the the one percenters it's a real scathing critique of right. the wealthy right and i don't think i mean you watch it you're rooting for certain people you're going to get your heart broken many oh, times many many times and I think the thing that I'm a, I'm slightly disappointed is there will be a second season. And you can quote me on that when the second season comes out and I watch it and we talk about it. But I I don't know. This this the whole first season is so good. Mm-hmm. I wasn't and, super crazy about the ending, but no, other neither than that, was I. Yeah, yeah, I I wasn't now if the creator of the show has sort of a plan where he was you know had the so many season build where he was going to explain it that's great and that's fine but I just I mean this was so good every actor in it played their part so well and and you said that the girl who played I think she was player 67 this was the first thing she's ever acted in. Yes, she's just, I don't say just, but she's a model. And she tried out for the show. And now she's got like, I remember um, I was listening to another podcast and they were saying like her Instagram went up to like from 500,000 people to like 18 million within a week. 
Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's it's making its way up there. It's still up there. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, Squid Game cautions for Halloween. I'm not going to lie. My husband and I almost did that. See? See? And mm-hmm. they also, you know you finally arrived because they're making Funko Pops of, oh boy. of it. I, I'm with you. I don't think I need a second season unless mm-hmm. there's more to really tell. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with how the storyline of the cop kind of played out. So if yes. you wanted to bring that back and rehash that, that might work pretty well because I think that there was more to do there. Um, there there might be more to do with the idea of the, the impression I got was the, the front man it's a minor spoiler if you guys don't want it, but the impression I got was that the front man was actually a participant in a previous game. That's that's what I thought as well. And um, I don't know if I misread that, but I think that the idea that you could go through this and then inflict it upon others is a very interesting metaphor to how abuse works. That's true. So, that's what. Yeah. So I mean, if they have some sort of plan, I've actually even heard. Um, you know, there's someone, it was on an NPR podcast, someone threw out the idea like, oh, maybe if you did the first Squid Game and like, oh, like did, a it as, yeah. did it mm-hmm. as a prequel, that could be interesting. So there's there's definitely avenues that could happen, but I don't know if they should. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's our foreign spooky. Yes. All, oh, moving all- on. All excellent. All excellent. Yes. Yeah, really good. All right. We got two more to go for our next category. This one's a little bit different because for every previous category and for our last category, we had three representative products. But for this category, there aren't three representative products. They don't exist. So um, we are going to talk about the Haunting of series. And um, this would be the Haunting of Hill House, the Haunting of Bly Manor. And then his third series was actually called what? Black Mass. But Oh, Midnight Mass. Midnight, Midnight Mass. Mass. Thank you. I was like, Black Neither... Mass is the the movie about Whitey Bulger with that Johnny right. Depp, which is scary okay. in its own way Different because scary. of because of the prosthetics mostly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but Midnight Mass, uh, Alin and I both got scared off because um, our favorite website in the world, DoesTheDogDie.com, told us there was a lot of animal death in that, so we kind of yeah. shied away. Yeah. Um, but both The Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor are amazing yes and um so i want to bring those up as their own category even though there's only two of them and part of the reason why these shows are amazing to me is they're both based on very famous novels the hill house one being an incredibly loose adaption um bly manor was actually more close to its original novel which was the turning of the screw but um, Hill House um, was actually closer to the horrible, the horrible Catherine Zeta-Jones movie that came out many, many years ago was actually yes. closer to the original novel than the Haunting of series one. But the don't Haunting forget, of... Don't forget our buddy Owen Wilson. Yes, in. that's true. He was in that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, the, the, the series was far, far, far superior to that movie. I think partially because it went very loosely with the adaption, but then also just the creation of it was so well done. I still think about that one episode that was literally only seven total takes like yes. in the whole episode. 
it was just single shot after single shot after single shot. And the fact that that episode didn't win all the Emmys in the world still makes me angry just because it was so, 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 so well done. Um, But the construction of both of these series just makes them so outstanding. I don't think I could pick a favorite between them. (laughs) No, and I, I mean, I have to say, I mean, and I'm not saying anything about the first one but i definitely enjoy anything that's set in the 80s there's something (laughs) there's something about like the 80s music and you know that was obviously bly manor um Mm -hmm. bly manor loses some points but also because i don't like creepy kids this this show had the creepiest kids that ever creeped yeah and i mean i gotta give those kids acting credits up the wazoo because they had to basically play multiple people, yes. these kids, and yes. without saying too much. And um, they did an outstanding job of once you knew what was happening, you could clearly pick it out, right. what they were doing. And it was it was very well done. And I, I, I liked, obviously, the, the first season. I loved, I'm not going to say loved, that's a strong word. But the hidden ghosts that existed. Oh, yeah. Where you could just pause it at any given time and there'd be ghosts in the background. Yes. One that that people wouldn't even see. (laughs) And and there were like people who, you know, good for them, who went through and counted all the different Mm -hmm. ghosts. And Mm -hmm. I think it just shows the level of detail that Mike Flanagan puts into whatever he does. And... There are so many things that, especially with the first season, that once you kind of solve the mystery or the mystery is revealed, you can really go back and see how it led up to that point. But it's scarier just to be like, oh, my God, that was it. That was it. That explains it. I don't need to go back and see all the signs pointing me to it. No, Um, no, it's true. It's true. And and there's just so much emotion in these shows, not just like tense, nail bitey emotion, but also like extreme heartbreaking sadness. And, you know, like the first season deals with um, addiction in a way that is just just heartbreaking, but also really, really well done. It deals with death. It deals with how you deal with death. I mean, there's a lot of real heavy stuff that goes on in these shows with this backdrop of ghosts and spookies and it really almost like legitimizes the horror genre in a way that I don't think had been done before no and I mean you really and that's kind of what we've been talking about we I liked it because they really fleshed out the characters Mm -hmm. so every single person who is on that screen whether it's haunting a field house or a bly manor he spends the time building those characters brick by brick mm-hmm. and to see them disassembled is heartbreaking. Yeah, so, it really, really is. And I don't know if I can't even explain if it's more heartbreaking in the first season or the second because it's different, but it's still there. And right. oof, like it's it's like I'm thinking of a character in the second season, but then I'm, I go back and think of a character in the first season that's just as heartbreaking. and I just can't pick. It's so bad, both, but so good. And I and I think it works because it's kind of a, you know, both of them play with you. Obviously, it's it's horror based because of, of ghosts and whatnot. But there's also psychological 
elements to it. So, yeah. So, I mean, you're dealing with traumatic childhoods. You're trying to have, you know, these people work through their lives while also moving on with their lives. And you get sibling rivalry. You get the whole range of emotions. Unrequited love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The love story aspect of the second one was heartbreaking. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, on multiple levels, because they were, yeah, there were just mm-hmm. so many, so many, uh, yeah. And I mean, obviously, um, for people who love Netflix and are watching other things, uh, Victoria Pendretti, who is in both The Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor, she plays Love on You. Um, oh, interesting. So you know it's. Since you brought it up, I will say that for me, that was the one negative that I thought, because. They had, like, say, for example, Carla Gugino was in both of them as well. And she's playing completely different characters in both of them. Yes. And I found that a bit confusing because I kept basically waiting for the reveal that she in the second season was the same character she was in the first season. Right. That confused me. I don't think that was a good choice. See, Um, I don't think I don't think he was clear about it. Um because but it didn't for, work for me. I don't know. Yeah. But that was the only thing is I think it should have been either. Yes, these characters are clearly connected to who they were in the first series or these are different actors. Right. Because um, I know I've mentioned that I watch American Horror Story mm-hmm. and it's also an anthology series. And there are, there are people who think that certain seasons are connected and there's been names re-release but you know when you're watching it if i'm watching sarah paulson she's playing another character than she was playing in the first it's an anthology series they don't play the same characters over and over again so you're just you're expecting that you know it's not going to be the same character with with mike flanagan i don't think he was that clear about whether there was going to be an interconnection or Mm -hmm. not and I just remember thinking because there is in the second season, Carlo Vigino like develops an accent. And I was like, that's weird. Where where'd her character get the accent? <laughs> there were a lot of weird accents in yes. that second season. <laughs> so I was and then when you realize it's it's not connected to the first one, you're like, oh, okay, that makes that accent makes much more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was the only choice that I wasn't crazy with. But um other than that, this is just the most well-crafted horror that you could possibly imagine. And I know Dan has watched both of these seasons multiple times. Because <laughs> they're that good. I mean, they're they that good. They are that good. Yeah, you can watch them multiple times. Yeah, there's strong sure. story, strong performances. You're, you're not going to be disappointed. Nope. Well, we're pushing two hours here. Want to move I know. on to Ooh. our last one? I know. You know I'm I should, tired. I, <laughs> I know. I should have known when, like, I was like, wow, it's taking me a really long time to get these notes together. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been a red light. <laughs> All right. Um, so our last category is A24, the the production company, <laughs> um, because they seem to have a, a sort of lock on the horror genre. And uh, we picked three here that we are going to discuss three good ones, which does not include The Green Knight. That's a story for another day because it wasn't good. So (laughs) we're going to go with some good ones. Um, And uh, where would you like to start? Alin, you pick this time. I was going to say, why don't we start with the the movie that kind of put A24 on the map, which is The Witch. Was that their first one? 
it was uh it was the first one well it not came necessarily out before hereditary yes because mm-hmm. hereditary was the second i believe um uh feature film of the guy who directed the witch uh-huh fair enough uh that's eggers right Yes, and The Witch is also very interesting because if you're ever wondering where Anna Taylor-Joy came from, this is is the movie that kind of turned heads and Mm -hmm. made her seem to be like in everything that exists now. Yeah, and she's great in this. No no lies. She is. Um, So the thing with The Witch is that it's actually quite slow. Yes. And it's set in 1630s New England and it's old English. It's 1630s New England English. <laughs> um, and we all watched this together and I basically had to translate the movie for everyone in the room. It's like, what are they saying? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, you're probably, if you're not, if you don't have a master's in English, yeah, I was going to say, you're which probably like going to miss some stuff. 99% yeah. of people. <laughs> yeah. Probably going to miss some stuff in this dialogue. And I think to be honest, that that might actually turn some people off is first of all, it's a bit slow. And secondly, the dialogue is authentic. And, um, you that know, was... I mean, kudos to Eggers cause he wrote this thing. So, um, you know, I was pretty impressed with the dialogue being as authentic as it was, but it is a bit of, there is a barrier for entry here, I guess. And um, even the uh, subtitles didn't really help because you're like, all right, that's still, I don't know what you're saying, dude. That's still 1630s <laughs> English. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's basically Shakespearean, you know, when you think about it, you know, it, and if you don't teach Shakespeare or read it a lot, you're going to be a little bit maybe confused. Um, but if you can get beyond that, there's something to be had here. It's there's a fair amount of build to it. And what it ultimately builds to is unbelievable. It's probably got one of the best endings that I've ever seen. It's just so well done at that end with revealing, but not revealing at the same time. Um, It also has probably the most iconic goat in any movie watching experience. (laughs) Every time I see a goat, now my sister will always be like, hello, Black Phillip. I'm like, stop it! Stop it! Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Good old Black Phillip. Um, Yeah, and uh, that goat is a character unto himself. Um, He doesn't have one line of dialogue, that goat. He's (laughs) all with his eyes. Oh, yeah. And those goaty eyes, they go right into your soul, man. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. But, you know, uh, yeah, (laughs) but but I mean, this is sort of like that. This is this sort of plays on the fears, like the witch hunting fears, you know, I mean, right. The most of this movie, you have no idea if what's actually happening is supernatural in nature or not. Is it coincidence? Is it bad luck? Is it, you know, a, a combination of. The fact that you're trying to become a farmer in 1630s New England and your tools suck, you know, or is there something more going on here? And you just don't really know for the vast majority of the movie. And then when it finally hits you, it really hits you. Oh, um, yeah. But it, and I think that that's it's really well done. It's well crafted. It's got that great ending with probably one of the best lines. Mm. I don't want to say it yeah. because it's just so good. But my husband and I say it to each other all the time. 
because it's just that good. I mean, you could literally just quote the last two minutes of that movie in its entirety and it's just great. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's, there's a barrier for entry to get to that last two minutes. That's the thing, you know, um, other than that, if you can do it, if you can make it through the first half an hour, you're good. You're going to make it through the whole thing, you know? Um, and, and I don't know how else to describe it. It's, it's worth it to get through it, but it's definitely, I would understand if someone said to me they couldn't make it. Right. And I mean, I think that's, I mean, it was tough to watch just trying to, because it, it is as though you're learning another language and you're, it's almost as though you're picking up what's happening through context cues. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're, you're realizing, okay, okay, I get what's going on here. And, you know, I think the scariest thing, um, a couple of the scary things, you know, is the religious aspect of it in that these individuals are such God fearing um, folks. And it's something where along the lines in the 1600s, I mean, you had to do certain you, people believe that you had to do certain things to have a bountiful crop or that mm-hmm. God would bless you if you did this and God would damn you if you did other things. So that there's that sense of dread. Exactly. And yeah. then you also have, on the other hand, people didn't li- really live near each other. Like this family is very isolated yeah. from other. It's like, so even if you wanted to go somewhere and try to get away or get help, you are literally on your own. This family has come over from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They don't know another soul. Everyone that they know is right there mm-hmm. and there's no escaping. Yeah. There's nowhere to go. Right. And that, I mean, that, along with everything else, there's just such a build to it. Mm-hmm. So that really why reminds I, me a lot of the crucible. I don't know if you ever, um, I read it. I had to yeah. read it at some point. Yeah. Um, I don't think but, I saw uh, the movie. Movie's actually really good. Dan is it? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's true. He's good in everything. Is that the one he with is. Winona Ryder? It is indeed. All right. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, if you can get through the language, I think this is a really good watch. Um, it's very different. You know, it's very yes. different from your traditional horror. Uh, also very different <laughs> <laughs> would be hereditary. <laughs> Woo, that is that is a kind way of saying it. Yeah. Did you like this movie? Um. Does anyone like this movie? Is it a movie you can enjoy or do yeah. you just kind of survive it? It's it's a, it's one of those movies that is comp- you leave watching the film feeling very unsettled yeah you can you can come out of this film a different person going than going in and and that's for a number of reasons i mean the first one is it's it's incredibly disturbing just to watch it the second reason is the entire take on mental illness is you have no idea what's real in this if anything right and what's not what's what's actually is there a single supernatural element in this entire movie or is it just massive amounts of mental illness creating this horrible tragedy i don't know there's an answer (laughs) no and then it made i'm gonna it's not gonna sound as good but it made this sound scary oh my god yeah yep oh and i mean it's one of those movies that i if you look it up and it always says like spoilers ahead Mm -hmm. it always 
based the list of like the top 10 most disturbing movies uh scenes in a movie i would agree yes there's a shocking scene that comes towards the beginning ish Mm -hmm. of the movie that nobody would see coming no nobody would see it coming and it's really the catalyst for the entire rest of the movie so that the scene had to take place in order for the rest of the movie to occur but they do it in such a way that I can imagine, like, I didn't see this movie in theaters, but I can imagine if I did, that half the theater would scream. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I watched it. It was just a group of us watching it. I think we rented it. And we all were like, ah! Yeah. That's the reaction you have. It's disturbing, disgusting, at the same, it's awful. And it's just like, why would they do that? But then you realize why later. Uh, You know, it was... Like I said, it's it's really the domino, the first domino that falls. But it's also part of the whole intrigue of is this really happening or are they all just traumatized like to to, to no return? Right. I, I don't know that there is an answer. And, and it's it's something, man. It is something. No, it, it, it really, really is. And I mean. I believe so. I was wrong. Eggers' next film is the one we're going to talk about. Um, oh, Midsummer. Yeah, mid- yeah. So yeah, I this mean, was was this Ari Aster? It was yes. So mm-hmm. Ari Aster, and and Tony Collette. I believe I could be wrong. I think she was nominated for an Oscar for this. I, think she, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I I know she didn't win for it, but I mean, her whole performance is so disturbing and she walks that fine line um i'm just gonna like this is not a reveal her mother dies in the film and Mm -hmm. it's a big emotional blow for her to deal with and you know not that she has a strange occupation um that she pours herself into Mm -hmm. and she's just trying to figure out and I I remember watching the beginning of the movie because it happens in like the first five minutes where the mom dies. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Collette's eulogy being like weird. I was like, oh, this is this is a weird relationship with her mother. Like she was mm-hmm. talking about how she was secretive and she had a lot of private things. And I'm like, what is she talking about? Mm-hmm. What, is, what is going? And it's I mean, it does a great job of the movie does a great job of revealing what it is but you're within a plane of existence that you're not sure what is happening yeah and i don't know that anyone has really figured it out no (laughs) and i mean there's a part of that that's really great because it leads to a lot of debates of you know who's on the side of this being supernatural and who's on the side of this being mental illness um, I don't, I don't know which side I would be on. Um, I kind of think maybe I'm leaning towards the, there's no supernatural elements to this side, but I could be easily convinced, you know, cause it's just so, it's so vague in its, um, reveals, but at the same time, it's not vague in how it does these reveals. It's very disturbing and very in your face. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of in-your-face disturbing imagery that you just don't know what to do with. Yeah, and and that first scene, well, the scene we were talking about, the shocking scene, yeah. that's like an appetizer as I you watch know. the film. 
the last like two minutes of this movie, you're just your mouth is just hanging open because you have no idea what's happening right now. That's like, why I think you could handle Event Horizon if you watched it again. Because, oh, yeah, this is worse. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm looking at a, a an old review from The New Yorker and it says the movie shifts from the disquiet to the freaky. And by the end, the absolute nuts. And yep. it's like that that is exactly and you know what there are some literal nuts hanging out there too <laughs> yes that is that is true <laughs> they, i mean yeah the nudity was part of the disturbing part yeah i'm just like oh okay oh, it's just so right. unnecessary like what yes. is all this unnecessary disturbing nudity <laughs> it, it, it's it's so true i mean i'm all for equal opportunity nudity but let it forward the story in some I, I, some yeah. way i know Oh, but man. And then, I mean, I don't know, like, could we could we have a debate of which is the more disturbing movie, Hereditary or Midsummer? Oh, my God. Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> and that and, and that's why we were talking A24, because there's not a lot of, you know, production companies that would make this kind of kind of movie. And looking at uh a24's movies that it made i mean they're also responsible for the lighthouse which i i did not watch but i know you did and oh boy yeah you don't really watch the lighthouse you're sort of subjected to it (laughs) so it um it also they were also responsible for another movie called tusk which was one of the most disturbing movies i've ever watched where literally a person becomes a walrus because reasons. Yeah, but but it was also like disturbing violence. I mean, this is this is what they do. They make these strange films, and some of them hit it hit it off the charts, and they become big hits. And and you know the ones we're talking about did. Mm-hmm. But there are like if you look at all the other movies that they made, it's like oh yeah, it's like these are nightmare fuel. The movies oh, yeah. that A24 makes. There were parts of Midsommar, Midsommar, Midsummer. There were parts that I couldn't watch. Um, yes, yes. There were parts that I literally had to turn away. And the two parts were, um, there's a scene involving a bear. And you know how I feel about bears. I know, I know. I couldn't, I couldn't do the bear, Lynn. I could not do it. No. And then the other thing was the the sacrificing of the elderly yes whoa nope that was a big old nope for me uh wow yeah uh (laughs) that was kind of an introduction to what kind of movie this was going to be because that was pretty early on yes it was very very early on and I'm sorry. Let me do another correction. So it was Hereditary and Midsommar was Ari Aster. Oh, okay. Sure. So, And I, this is also your introduction to Florence Pugh, right? Is this the yes. first thing she she did or the first thing she's really known for? I think it's the first thing she's really known for. I mean, um, she did a, a knock it out of the park job here. Uh, she's really damaged in this movie. I mean, yes. very, very mentally damaged. And her crud boyfriend takes advantage of oh, that. Oh, he's whole oh, other level. <laughs> he is so. It's like, oh my god, like how much half words? the horror is how he treats her. Exactly. And, I mean, there is also one of, if not the most disturbing sex scenes I have ever seen in this yes! movie. Yes. Yes. There's so many disturbing things. Like you don't have to have like a lot of blood and gore and violence for things to be disturbing. And I think anything that well. 
most things that A24 puts out shows that. I'm not going to, like, the hereditary. But they're also not shy about the blood and gore and violence either. No. You know, they, no. they, they hit you from all levels. You know, they're, here's the blood and gore and violence. Here is the, here's how easy it is for everyone, including you, to be sucked into a cult horror. Here's the, all the horrible things the people you love could do to you horror. Like, I mean, it's just one thing after the next, after the next. And um, I don't know if you watched the Vanity Fair um, review that I sent you, but there was a guy, uh, one of the Vanity, most recent Vanity Fair reviews was a cult deprogrammer reviewing cult movies. And he actually reviewed this movie and he said that the scene where she witnesses the sex scene and then all of the girls who are the cult members come and they like surround her and like mimic her movements and breathe with her. He, and Oh, that was he, so creepy. Yeah, he said that's one of the most believable, well done scenes he's ever seen because they're really pulling away her individual identity and pulling her into the cult while simultaneously supporting her in her pain. And it is just so well done. And it does stick with you. That scene is just real disturbing. Yeah. The the whole thing, everything about it yep. is so disturbing. And there's a sense of unease throughout the entire film. And, you know, on paper, it sounds great. Like if you said, hey, Lynn, I know someone and they're Scandinavian and we're going to go to this cool festival that they have every year. It's like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Let's go. But like even then you could feel there was something nefarious going on. The guy was like drawing them in. You're not really sure for what. And then he's so interested in her coming. Right. Mm Because none of the other people wanted her to come. Right. But the guy who was inviting them was like, no, no, she's got to come. And you're like, "Uh oh, uh oh. You know? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, this is not going to end well. No. Oh, and it does not. No. Um, and, well, and for her, and, it does. But, but it's so weird, right? Like <laughs> she, she's now like the lead cultist. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's crazy, you know. And is that is that good for? Is it like the maybe the scariest thing is is she better off in that cult than she was with her boyfriend? Like, <laughs> I don't right, know, no, right? I know. And they then were I certainly guess, a lot more supportive. They were nicer to her too. They were. They let her win. They yeah. let her win the festival. She was the flower lady. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's so much about this movie that you could pick apart and just, uh, it's it's very dense. It's very, very dense. And I think that's the thing I like about A24 movies is, yes, they're horror movies, but they're also intelligently yeah. made horror movies. Very much so. I mean, really just picking apart each individual fear that it, they know we all have, you know, fear of being alone, fear of death, fear of mental illness, fear of being used, fear of being abused. All of these like real standard fears, like they just play upon them like a violin. I mean, it's like it's like they expose the nerve and then they keep poking the nerve. Like, <laughs> is, is that is that better? No. How about now? No. Well, I'll poke it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, well done on them. You know, when you're when you're going to sit down and watch an A24 movie, you're in uh, in for store first. Yeah, you, you're 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 in for something. And yeah, you, something's you, happening. You're not going to you might not like it immediately when you watch it. But the more you think about it the yeah. better the movie is. That's how The Witch was. Didn't we both say we didn't like it when we first yeah, saw it? Yeah, I was like... Day, you were like, you know what? I like them. 
it, it it's true because you watch the witch and i guess you're thinking you know 1600s new england so obviously you're like oh, salem witch trials uh, because that's what we're programmed to think about. And you're watching it and you're like, OK, I know this is like people are saying this is good. It's making a lot of money, but I'm just not seeing it. And I mean, I had the same experience when I saw Parasite. I watched it and I was like, what is the big deal about this? But the more I thought about it and I realized what they were trying to do and all the different messages and how deep and dense it was, I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're smarter than me, horror movie. I know. There's some real good writing going on here. Well, have we done it? I think we've scared our audience <laughs> off when they <laughs> two when hours they, and ten minutes later. Yeah, when they when they when they see the timestamp, they're gonna be like, What are they doing? I don't what are they know. doing? They have a lot to say about spooky. We do. We do. I think it's our we are it's our, our wheelhouse. I think like yeah. even if we didn't do a special, we would have watched we've watched all of these movies we've enjoyed all these movies we've talked to each other about these movies and so there's a number of them that we didn't touch on you know there's right. there's plenty more that i could have recommended you know like you know that come to mind like mama even was really good and oh so there's a bunch that you know anyway we could go on forever. we we really could and we, we really already could. have <laughs> <laughs> So with that, any closing comments, final remarks? No, just a uh, happy Halloween to everyone. Uh, yeah, and be uh, yeah, be safe. And I like Reese's peanut butter cups. If anyone wants to get me any, you know, I like baby, I like baby Ruth and gummy bears. Oh, so I have like a bunch of gummy bears upstairs for, so this is just take a plane. All right. And I'll give it I'm to you. I'm on my way. All right. I'll see you in six <laughs> hours. Okay. <sounds> <laughs> All right, everyone, as always, um, please find us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Search for Three Speech and look for the bears. Thank you very much for listening to our long, long spooky <laughs> rant. And we'll, uh, we'll see you all again very soon. Um, stay safe. Happy Halloween.